Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to the Extra Point Show on WGR Sports Radio 550. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt, hanging out with you for the next two hours. We'll talk, of course, a little bit of football as well, because I kind of want to jump into Jeremy's point of trading up for Marvin Harrison Jr. I think it's insane. Pretty crazy, isn't it? I think it's insane, (laughs) but I will tell you, I saw his tweet this morning, and I immediately went back to my thought process in 2014 when the Bills traded for Sammy Watkins. We'll we'll dive more into that story in a little bit. I was feral. (laughs) In a a good way or a bad way? In a great way. I was so excited, <laughs> and I knew it was a bad idea. You know, well, how old was I in 2014? 15, 16-ish? Probably 15. Yeah. I, yeah, 15, 16. So I, like, I had a, an understanding of like, oh, shouldn't be trading next year's first-round pick in a, in a deep wide receiver class. I don't care. They got Sammy Watkins. It was, it was, it's really funny you bring that up because that's the first NFL draft that I like kind of followed along with because that's when I started getting into football. Okay, yep. It was around that year. And I remember them drafting him, and and a lot of people were like, "Oh, like this is great. They were aggressive. They're going to move up." And I was like, "Cool. They're like, getting they're getting cool. E, they're getting EJ. They're guys. <laughs> like, oh yeah." And then and then I remember like, "Oh, never mind. That yeah, didn't it work at all. It went south." But hey, you know, I I so, jumped in at the right time. <laughs> we'll, we'll do that as well. But where we want to start today, Josh, you put it out yesterday. I've quote tweeted it today to kind of like just like you know, hey. Remember, we're on now. <laughs> the Sabres, man. Just all oh, the Sabres. They lose 4-3 to the Anaheim Ducks. They lose their two games against the Ducks this year. The Ducks only have 20 wins this season. To be fair, the Sabres have 24. Yes, but so... the Ducks are truly a bad organization. No, they yeah, are not right. good. And, it's again, it's one of those performances. It, I, I heard a lot of people talking about it yesterday, that it was a performance a lot like last year, where they're dominating, you know, Puck possession. They put up, I think, 37 shots, 38 shots. They look good. You know, they're doing all right. And they lose. You know, defensive turnovers, really just sloppy defensive play overall, and then really bad goaltending play, which is something they have not had to worry about in what feels like a month and a half, almost two months, with how UPL has been playing. But man, like, it just, it's getting, it's not getting better. They are still a team that cannot put together good performances. They just can't. And we're now at a point, Josh, and this is where I'm at, and this is where I kind of want to lead tonight, uh, today. Granado is out of answers. I mean, when your whole thing in the post game is to get snippy with reporters and they go, the scoring's going to come back, the scoring's going to come back, and that's your answer to it? 
even though what we talked about it in December or November when he basically realized, yeah, we probably shouldn't have gone the defensive game as aggressively as we did. We we probably should have, you know, kept with what we were doing and what was working last year. It's tough for me to sit here and go, yeah, I still got faith in Granado. I'm already somebody that's leery on Adams. I don't love his inactivity. I don't love the fact that his trades are essentially getting rid of Eichel because effectively he had to. Right. And getting Krebs and Tuck, which for the most part worked. Krebs Krebs has looked great the past couple games that he's been with. Don't Benson. love though that he's been like their best offensive player, or at least looks like their best well, offensive player. I, I wouldn't say he's been their best offensive player. He's just looked he's looked different. Like it looks like he's mm-hmm. a refreshed player playing with actual offensive talent because for his whole time on the Sabres, he's basically been stapled to one of yeah. or both of Kyle Ocposo and Zemgus Gergensons, which the worst line imaginable. At, at first, it looked like okay, great, like you have a scrappy forward, a young mm-hmm. guy playing with a couple of veterans, like it's going to be good for him. And then it was all right. Well, now we're year two. We should probably move him off of him. Oh nope, he's going to stay with them. <laughs> nope. And now we're in year three of it, and it's, okay, well, you've basically just stunted his offensive growth, and let's try to put him with someone offensive now. Oh, look, he's doing great. Yeah, because he, I mean, he Cause came in. Because that's what he's supposed to he do. He came in at what? I think he was 20 years old when he when he joined the Sabres, maybe 19. But he came in as, like, one of their best pure passers. Yep. That he looked like he could be a legitimate playmaker in the NHL. But you're right. Like, they put him on the least offensive line the Sabres had. There was no one goal of the least threat. offensive lines in the NHL. Yeah, there was no real <laughs> scoring threat there. And so you're right. Like they stunted his growth immediately. Look, Tuck worked last year. This year, him and Thompson's inability to do really anything has been a big factor in why the Sabres can't score. Mm-hmm. But so in yeah. his first year with the Sabres, Krebs played 48 games, had 22 points. Mm-hmm. Looked like it was kind of going the right direction. Yeah. Last year, he played. 74 games and had 26 points. You played double the games and you scored four more points. I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you're going through a new season, like it's you're moving around the lineup. The last year he moved around the lineup kind of a bit, but more in the bottom six role yeah. with Akposo, Gergensons, um, Tyson Jost, like mm-hmm. guys like that, where it was like, yeah, you're not really in the offensive role. This year, in 53 games played, he has 10 points. Oh. Three goals, seven assists. And I just wonder, like, why are they putting him now with Benson and Paterka, I think it was? Yep, yep. Yeah. And why are they doing that now, for one? And two, why has he looked so much better? Because I Well, for the first part, I think a lot of it is just like, they've got to try something. Right, true. And the second part is, he's still one of your better passers. He's exactly. still one of your better-looking playmakers. Yes, and that's the thing. You put him with a high-flying forward like Paterka. You put him with a young, hungry, scrappy guy like Benson, mm-hmm. who has the offensive talent, and that's your, like that's what he needs to be around. That's what he needs to play with. That's Krebs, in a nutshell, is playing with those kinds of players. Because he's not the guy that's going to have a crazy shot and make... An insane goal. Like he doesn't have a shot. Well, like, except when I when I go to Sabres games. Well, right. he, he typically scores when I show up, which is just weird. <laughs> he he doesn't have a shot like Tage Thompson. He doesn't have the, you know, wow factor of making some crazy play with, mm-hmm. you know, by himself getting away from three guys. But he just has the ability to be where he needs to be and make a great pass. Mm-hmm. And that's something you haven't been able to see because of who he's been playing with. And yeah. That's the most frustrating part out of all this is because, yeah, you're going to have 
players on your team that are, you know, Okposo and Gergensen-esque, where they're, you know, the bottom six guys, they're the grinder type where you go out there and, you Trying know, Trying to be physical and hit, stuff like block that. Block shots, kill yeah. a penalty, things like that. Get a goal every once in a while, maybe a couple assists here and mm-hmm. there. But you don't put a young offensive talent with with guys like that for long. You maybe do it every once in a while, but you don't do that for in two seasons. Two seasons. Three seasons almost now. Yeah. And that, I mean, I, I'm hyper fixated on Krebs here, but it's just, it's kind of like a, it's a small part of a bigger picture of what's been going wrong this season and last season too. I mean, if you want to say last season was a problem, last season was a great improvement. You were one point out of a playoff spot and everyone had a career year. But is that, what it was is it was it just career years for everybody and this is are you regressing to the mean well is and, this and Paul the brought average it up yesterday with with bulldog and nate too of like we're gonna find out now like what season is the anomaly is it last season or yep. is it this year i mean the usual answer and i think it's usually the correct answer is it's a bit of both right like you know maybe thompson is not a 94 point player year in and year out maybe 70 75 he he shouldn't be a fifty point player, right. which is what he's his trajectory is this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not going to have a single player hit thirty goals. Paterka might get close. Yeah, I mean, he's at twenty. Yeah, and Paterka's been your sole bright spot this year, aside from goaltending with Lukanen. Mm-hmm. But and, and that's the thing too. Yesterday with Lukanen, I don't put I put maybe one goal on him. I, I will confess, I did fall asleep in the second period. Mm-hmm. And woke up like halfway through the third. So yeah, you text I, me I, like, "What happened?" Yeah, I, I, I'm. It's the 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 positives and negatives of waking up at four in the morning, of course. But I, I just I woke up and it's like it's four three, and you're out shooting them thirty seven to fifteen. Mm-hmm. Like what? I'm sorry, what happened? And then I go back and I look, and like one goal was on Lucan, and I think it was the Terry goal where it just kind of gets through him, but. I, I look at the, the the goal where Eric Johnson passes it out to the to just nobody oh. centers it for Anaheim essentially. Like that's a guy who at the beginning of the season is is all about oh team defense team defense, and he's one of what their are you biggest, doing? He's like, one of their biggest where, contributors to the defense being right. bad. And I get it. Johnson has his moments on the penalty kill and mm-hmm. blocking shots and whatever. Yep. And I I will come out and say I was one of the ones that was very excited when he signed here. You were stoked. I was elated that he signed here, but it's clearly not working. No, he's, it's, he's, it's you're, bad. He's the worst defenseman on your team, and that team includes Jacob Bryson, who actually they, who, they okay, play yeah, well I, with him. I'm, I'm, no, I'm, 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 it's I'm weird. I'm very hard on Jacob Bryson, but it's it's just out of like I don't know who else to pin it on in in the other years, but this year he's been great. They were like they're like six and one with him in the lineup, mm-hmm. but with Johnson, it's just. It's the point of where's the accountability? Like you're you're saying team defense, team defense, and then you you yourself are not adhering to that. Yeah, and and again, it's a small part of a bigger picture of everyone is kind of on like different pages. You have Tage and and, and Dylan Cousins, and I I don't want to say Jack Quinn because he's been hurt, but you have those guys where it's okay, like you know we've done this before, we can do it again, we just got to do it, and then you have. You know, Connor Clifton and Eric Johnson just not being there not on be, defense, and, not being and, what and you expected to sign. And I, I, I see, I wonder though, like that's to me, I don't want to say malpractice, that's that's an aggressive push, but 
this is where I am nervous about Adams as a GM. His moves this offseason were to sign those two defensemen and to bring back Oposo and, and Gergensons. And to be, to be those fair. Those were the moves. That to, was it. To be fair, Clifton on paper was a great signing. In terms yeah. of the analytics, and not in terms of the stats necessarily, could look. The only thing that is like you know now, if we would have seen it back then, we would have been like, hey, maybe we got to be a little more wary about it. But was his ice time in Boston? He didn't play. Well, he he was riding the bench for much of the end of the season, right? So that's where you you can just kind of raise an eyebrow. But in terms of the analytics that were there, the Clifton signing looked great out of the gate. The Johnson one, it was more of a hey, this guy's a veteran. He's a former first round or first overall pick. He's been in the league for years. He's won a cup. Like it's all those things that are you know, hey, that's great. This guy wants to come here. That's a step in the right direction. But he's thirty six. He doesn't look and he looks it. Like, yeah, he looks he, it. He, he, yeah, that's right. And I just I I, I wonder about the. Oposo and Gergensen signings at this point, too, because it's... It's ridiculous. It, it's, it is. It's, it's ridiculous, and it's soft by the organization. Right. It's, it's, it, they're not serious. What? And I'm being serious. What have those two done outside of being nice PR guys? And, and because, leaders, quote-unquote. And exactly. That's why I'm saying PR guys. Right. Because have they really been leaders? The Sabres have been awful when they've been here. Awful. Oposo made the playoffs once with the Islanders or twice? To be... To, to be fair, with Ocposo, it a lot of it was injuries. Absolutely. There's there's a lot Absolutely. of there's a lot to unpack with him specifically in terms of when he came here, it was hey, the Sabres signed a high high octane guy with a great shot. Absolutely. And he looked great when he first got here and then he gets hurt. And you can't predict that. You can't, but then there's also a time of okay, it's time to move on. Exactly. That's and, the point. And this is a soft organization that wants to be too family friendly in everything they do. Why are they here? You had built-in captains in Tuck, in Darlene. You've brought up Thompson, Tage, Dylan Cousins. You've had young leaders who were building towards something. But no, let's bring back the old guys who, as you pointed out, have essentially stunted Peyton Krebs, who was the jewel of the Eichel trade. It was not Tuck. Tuck came in as like the, he's going to help now, but Krebs is the first-round pick. He's he's their favorite prospect, the whole thing. He's going to be the guy hopefully going forward. You killed that. I mean, I, I, I will say... I, I wouldn't say that Krebs was, like, way up here. I think it was more even. In t- and you, you also have taken the other picks you got, too. The of, first, course, of course, of course. Because they also made Isak Roseanne in that, I believe. Or was it the, no, awesome? no, the first rounder became Yuri Kulik. Oh, it became Yuri Kulik. That's right. That's so, right. But, but like, I, I think in that Eichel trade, you look at, like, you want to value each person differently and each thing differently. Obviously, you trade the second away to get Jordan Greenway, which yes. it's it's worked well, out. Well, that's actually... I, I Greenway's wish they were having better. a better season because Greenway, in I think 43 games played, 43 games played, he's got 19 points, but he's scored six goals in the last 12 games. He's right. really come along. He, he's, he's in a normal season, he's came alive at the right time. Yeah. But my, my point was there was, you look at that Eichel trade, and I think everything that g- came back kind of like equals out in value of like, Tuck is great right now. Krebs is going to be great in the future, but they're about the same. And same with that first round, and mm-hmm. that eventually becomes Yuri Kulik. Yeah. And the second round of the helps then, out getting but, Jordan Green. So let's bring up Yuri Kulik then. You bringing those two back has mm-hmm. not allowed you to bring back some or bring up some of these forwards who are dominating Rochester. Like it's it, it's it's insane to me that like essentially they've decided the only two forwards that can come up and stay up are Jack Quinn and JJ Paderka, which has worked for them. Quinn in 17 games played this year had 12 points. 
That poor guy with injuries, if it weren't for injuries, he's having in an, in a stellar year. And maybe because he could have been a guy, I mean, when just again, you look at the production, he might be a guy that's looking at 40 goals, 30 goals. You have him and Paterka both having great years. Maybe we aren't you know, complaining about the scoring as much. They're probably not a great team, but maybe they are a good team. Maybe they're close in the playoffs. I don't know because Quinn looks like he could be that kind of player, especially with this injury not being as bad as the Achilles was. That could be nice. But it's just, to me, it's a soft move. It's a baby move. It is this feeling of the feel-good, like they're going to put out another PR video when we get to next season where they play great music and they, they're going to take it back to 05-06 when they were good. We're going to hear some RJ calls when they were good, and we'll all get excited again, and then they're going to be bad again. Because what have they done? What have they proven to you outside of they sign everybody back, which I guess is nice because when you look back at the Drury Briere years, they didn't do that, so I guess that's a positive. Right. But they're not adding anything they're not doing anything in the trade deadline. I, spoiler alert, I, I read to the end of the book. They're not They're not going to add anybody in the trade deadline. They're simply not. Probably in free agency for the sheer fact that if you do bring back a Poso and Gergensons, there will be riots in downtown Buffalo. But even at the time when they made those moves, everyone was sitting there going, why? What's the point? All they brought back was veteran leadership, which I still think is BS. You already had captains growing. Why bring them back? There is a thing with captains of they also have to kind of perform on ice, on the court, on the field. They can't just be the nice guy that, like, everyone goes to because he's a leader. They have to somewhat perform. Those two can't perform. You'll get a play by Gergensen's every 20 game where you're like, yeah, there's the grizzled vet because he skated faster than, like, <laughs> the 20-year-olds for 15 seconds. Or Oposo will score, like, a hat trick out of left field and everyone's like, oh, so he made a deal with the devil because that shouldn't have happened. <laughs> that, that's, that's the Sabres. Them right now is we don't make any moves. I don't simply know why. They're going to sign back Casey Middlestat even though he's like their one good trade piece. And again, let's be serious. If you're not trading Middlestat, then you better trade one of the prospects. Well, that's, that's the thing with Middlestat. I want to bring that up because when I put out my tweet yesterday, my, I wanted to put it in more words, but you have to character limit and everything, is – I'm at the point of just why. Like, why is everything the way it is with the Sabres? Why have players regressed the way they have? Why has management and coaching and even owners, why have they just sat there while everything else is going on around them and it just kind of seemed like the lights are on but nobody's home? Why is everything well, that's changing that, staying the same? Then you have that well, with the coach where they don't really add anything of substance and he goes, we're going to go defensive. That's their whole plan was, well, the defense was bad, so we're going to just stop the scoring and everyone's going to get real defensive. You just stopped the whole flow of the team. The whole flow of the team just died. Right. And that, because that was your thing. That was your, it was, it was, we're going to be fun. We're going to be exciting. We're going to outscore our mistakes. And Granado brought that up this morning when he was on with Jeremy and Sal of, he, he said, I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing here because I don't remember the exact quote, but mm -hmm. it's, it's basically along the lines of, just because we can outscore our mistakes doesn't mean we should make mistakes, which I agree. I get that. Don't don't make mistakes because then you make more work for yourself. But don't let the – don't hyperfixate on, okay, we, we, we've we scored one goal. Mm -hmm. We just have to shell up. And, and that's not what they've done, but it's felt like that for most of the season of 
as soon as they come out in the first period, it's all right. We're playing light and easy because we don't want to make a mistake. We gotta, we gotta. Play and they back. go down two nothing. And then they go down two nothing because I, really if you, they don't understand the defensive system. I I don't care if you're down every first period or if you're up every first period three to two. Mm-hmm. If you can score three goals and get scored on twice, I don't care. I would much rather take that over. Like if you're letting in two goals every first period, you should be scoring two or three goals yourself. And the like that's, thing that's is, why it should be happening. Most of this year, they've gotten good goaltender play. So if they played like last year, they'd be just fine. They'd be very good. Yeah. And that's but, the thing. That's the thing, too, is Lukanen has one bad day. He has one day yep. where it's like, man, like you really needed to make a couple saves there. But it's also, you're giving them golden chances in front of the net. There was Out, out of their 15 shots, they had 11 scoring chances. Yeah. That's insane. And Lukanen made 11 saves. And I bet you... Most of those scoring chances were these big, crazy saves that he makes, and then a couple of them squeak through because it's he's human. Like, every goaltender well, yeah, he, has yeah, their he day. Was, he's been one of, if not the best goaltender for the last month and a half in the NHL. Right, and that's the frustrating part, too, is because this is the time of the year you need that to happen. You need your goalie yeah. to just kind of come alive. And, again, if you would have, if, ifs and buts, if you would have had that last year, you would be, mm-hmm. hey, the playoff drought was ended. You know, this year they came back down from it. Like, it, it's whatever. You know, it's hey, we'll, we'll we'll bounce back. But it's you're looking at it completely differently because of the way things ended last year and the way things have gone this season. And it's just it's so frustrating. It I, it's it's frustrating I'm, like, to me yeah, I'm running out of words because I'm just so like it, it's so frustrating. It's frustrating to me because yesterday in again in the post game, like you have a coach that's just going there and just blanket statement: the scoring's going to come back. Okay, but how? Your specialty, your power play, right. the entire strategy is just a one-timer for Thompson. That's your entire strategy. There's no substance there. There's nothing. They're just skating around. Well, the other, the other thing I wanted to bring up, when, like I said, I brought, I brought up that tweet that I put out yesterday, and I had a few people reply. I want to get to one of them here. John tweeted in, and this is us getting connected with our fans, brought to you by Northtown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online at northtownkia.com. John tweeted, I have a better question, because my question was why. Very, very blunt and oh, yeah. out there. Oh, yeah. His question was, I have a better question. Is there a single player under Granado's watch that has actually developed properly? Sure, Middlestat has had a nice season, but every single one of them is inconsistent and lazy as hell. I can understand that. I, I want to talk about Casey Middlestat specifically, because mm-hmm. this got me thinking. With Middlestat, when you first brought him into the league, you took basically a high schooler and said, go play NHL. Yeah, you rushed the hell out of it. It wasn't like you had Connor McDavid. It wasn't like you had Austin Matthews or Connor Bedard. You had a eighth overall pick mm-hmm. who had a good World Juniors, and you said, all right, cool, go play NHL hockey. Because and you need to put butts work. in seats. Right, and it didn't work. And it took that regime longer to figure out, hey, we should probably put him down mm-hmm. in the AHL and let him properly develop. And now that he properly develops – into what he was marketed as a, you know, not a Austin Matthews where he's scoring three hat tricks every game, but it's hey Casey Middlestat had a three point night. Hey Casey Middlestat scored two goals here. He had four points he's, there. He's, he's a like, playmaker. He, he just, gets he, yeah. He he's just, a playmaker he, exactly. He, he just grabs points here, there, and yeah. everywhere. And then all of a sudden you look and oh wow, he's leading our team in points. Yeah, he's got. He's That's, sitting at forty four right now. I honestly think that Casey Middlestad is the only player that has developed properly under Don Granado. And I don't think it started. I don't think it's. Ben just Granado. It started before he got here. Well, yeah, because well, that's the thing too. Like we always talk about, Darlene having to be fixed. That post was the Kruger stuff. Middlestad also had to be fixed post really the start of his career. Right. So, so I will say like that. 
development started when he was in Rochester, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Granado kind of finished that off. So I, I'll give him that. I think that or Middlestat has kind of evolved into the player that you wanted him to be. Yeah. And that's why I don't think you should trade him because now you finally have someone that you drafted that's became something. Yeah. And I, and I'm and I'm fine with that. I am absolutely fine with not trading Middlestat. Then you better trade some of these forwards. Right. I'm I've been I'm, saying it for months now. Why is Matt Savoy still a part of this organization? Right. Nothing against him, but well, you dra- but you drafted his compatriot in Zach Benson, who immediately made the NHL, has looked very good, looks like he's going to be a future star, and Savoy, due to injuries that really are not his fault, has not really been able to do much. His value is decreasing every single day that we go on. And that's, that's and where's he going to fit? Where's he going to make the roster? That's where I'm worried, though, with, with Savoy specifically, is we, again, I don't want to be the cop-out answer here, but we can all sit here and say, trade this guy, trade that guy. It doesn't it's not going to happen unless teams are calling on them. If you can't no, get someone to want them, then it's not going to happen, and you just have to accept it. But we will not know that. No, unless and, and, unless and someone comes out, part, unless yeah. someone comes out and says it. Yeah, but, but but that's and that's that's the thing that will always frustrate me about the NHL compared to like the likes of the NBA. Right. The NBA is oh, almost man. trade happy. I mean, look the at NHL, LeBron James. Yeah, like LeBron James came out the other day and said, "Yeah, I knew I wasn't going to get traded right when everyone else did," but at the same time. With this sort of thing, you usually know quite a while ahead if something's going to happen. Yeah, and stars move all the time. Where the NHL, every GM seems absolutely petrified at the idea of moving players. And right. so, like you're right, it takes two to tango. I get that, but like you've you've stockpiled too much. Right, trades do happen. We've seen them. Detroit has made them. Ottawa has made them. Two of your kind of rivals in, Vancouver in, in the rising big one. Yeah, in the rising of the East, Vancouver, who went from like a true tire fire last year right to hey okay like you're the favorites to win the president's trophy this is phenomenal and that's the other thing too you they, they got a new gm and i i don't want them to make moves to make moves you have to you have to make uncomfortable decisions not in the sense of oh i don't know if we should do this in the sense of hey this might ruffle some feathers but we have to do this for the direction of the franchise and that was what vancouver did when they traded for mm-hmm. elias Lindholm. yeah yeah they made a big trade they traded a, pros- a big time prospect, and they traded, I think, a couple picks, mm-hmm. but they got their guy, and yeah. and look at them now. They're one of the best teams in the NHL, and it was a quick turnaround because right. that's how it works in hockey. And they didn't really—I mean, not to say they didn't really need that, but they didn't really need that. No, like they didn't goal, need to make that trade. Their but goalie they, started playing better, right. and all their offensive pieces played exactly how you expect them to. They and made that. Boom, tr- they, they made that trade because it was, hey, we're playing good enough to make a playoff push here and make the playoffs. We need to get something to help us succeed in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's the difference between Vancouver and. Other teams like the Sabers, like the Coyotes, like mm-hmm. the—I mean, it's really those two. Columbus Blue Jackets. Blue Jackets maybe. Yeah. I don't know, but, but like they—they stay bad. They're not doing anything to make their roster better now. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're just sitting there hoping all of them develop at the same time in the exact same trajectory and don't move. And it's just—it's a losing strategy. Got to take a quick time out here. When we come back, we'll take your calls on the Sabers. Where do we go next from them? How do we fix them? What do you expect to happen at the trade deadline, this offseason, the rest of the way? Love to hear your thoughts. 803-0550 is the number to call. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt, hanging out here for the next hour and a half on The Extra Point Show, and you're listening to WGR. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date 
great detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Kind of hockey, right? Like some games you should win, some games you shouldn't. And thought tonight probably should have won that. Like I said, we definitely didn't help ourselves giving them two on ones and free looks in the slot with bad puck management. But at the same time, we had plenty of opportunities to kind of put them away, you know, with offensive chances that we had. So we scored a couple of those. It's a you know a different game, and now they're chasing. So yeah, it's a it's a tough one. Sabres forward Tage Thompson there, following yesterday's four to three loss to the Anaheim Ducks. I'm also seeing here uh, our own Paul Hamilton kind of talking about the situation going on with the players and the fans right now. And um, he was he was um, talking with WBEN today and just talking about how, you know, when fans were chanting fire Donnie and, and, and you know, the players kind of responded to that. He was saying it's more toxic in Buffalo than any other NHL city at any time between the fans and the players. I, I think that's kind of right. I think it's kind of right. I mean, I remember when Oposo had the quote, too, of, like, we don't, like, it wasn't, you know, paraphrasing here, but, like, we don't bear the brunt of those 12 years, the drought years. Yeah. but like, uh, That, that to me, was, like, the beginning of the end, yeah. I guess you would say. But then for me as well, like, you know, I know there was a, um, a piece by Mike Harrington as well of just, you know, they're not doing the, uh, the salute after wins or anything like that. And it's just like this is where like I also I do think they're a mentally fragile team. I really, really do. That's why they're not putting performances together. Mm-hmm. They have to constantly be coddled. I think Paul's spot on when he says, you know, their coach kind of gives them, you know, he gives them outs. Yeah. Because he constantly has to bring up their confidence. Well, that's the thing is they need confidence. And sometimes I don't think they do. Well, I think they no, need, no, no, no. they need someone to threaten their jobs. Right. That's well, that's where I was gonna go. You need confidence. But to get there, you need to not play scared, but you need to play with purpose. Like, play, hey, you got to play I, with purpose, yeah. But like, think, not only am I trying to win this game, I'm trying to like keep my keep my job. Yeah, and then and then once you start to produce, it's hey, I can do this. I know I can, and I can keep my job. I think, like, I think the, that's the, the thing. The problem I have with that is that's great and all, and and I get the message, and it, they're still technically one of the youngest teams in the NHL. They've all been together for like two and a half, three years now. You might lose your job. I'm sorry, bud. If you're not good, you might lose your job. You're not making the playoffs now for a 13th straight year. I get it. It's not all on you because some of you were like 10 when like the last made the playoffs. I get it. Kyle Post has been here for how many years? Yeah. But like to a certain extent, like, yeah, you might lose your job if you're not playing well. That might happen. You might get traded. And I think they have a coach sitting there telling them, like, no, you won't. Don't worry. I'm not going to do that to you. When he should be. And and where is the next step for this team? This is why they've regressed so poorly is their coach is just like 
a, like a, taking everyone and going, nope, we're going to do this over here, even though this last year worked. I mean, what happened to the coach that in his introductory press conference, I think his introductory press conference, was openly saying, like, no, no, like, this is for the fans. We're, like, we're going to have fun. We're going to play with a fun style. We're going to be fun to watch. And then after that worked, in which you had the fanfare back, people were excited about this team. Their first decision there is to get rid of that. We're going to be incredibly defensive. What? If that was the plan, then you should have been in training for a guy like a Noah Hannafin. I'm just, I always bring up his name because he's the defenseman that seemingly is always on the trade block. Rasmus Anderson is the more fun one. Rasmus Anderson. He, he is, I mean, he's on a contract for two more years. He's probably going to play himself out like well above that contract. Mm-hmm. He is right now. Yep. And Calgary is an, Calgary's another sinking ship. Oh, but yeah. They are in a much worse situation than you are. So go pick stuff off of them. Give them give them prospects. Who cares? Trade them Matt Savoy and a second or whatever it takes to get someone like Noah Hannafin or Rasmus Anderson. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if those are the packages, but do something like that. Be bold and go make a move. I don't care if your season's over. Build for next year. Be active yeah. at the trade deadline for next season. This season's done. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, it's the point is is you can't have another inactive trade deadline. I, again, I'm not saying force moves. I'm not saying just make a move to make a move. But if there's something out there, and you can chase it, do it. Yeah, for the future, not for now. For the future, it, it it's that's the thing that they've lacked in the last 13 years. Sure, there's been moves at the deadline that are, hey, that's a name that's coming to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Taylor Hall's coming here. That I mean, that wasn't at the deadline, but still. But those are just, they seem like uncalculated, just loose cannon, like, hey, we got to make a move, so let's, uh, let's, let's, do it. let's just go do it. It you was have... a lot like when the Bills drafted EJ Manuel. It was right. like, well, we did take quarterback. Don't really care. There's a bad, like, historically bad quarterback year. The fans want to stay quarterback, so we're going to do it. Right. And, and, you have probably one of the best analytics departments in the NHL by many different accounts. Mm-hmm. Use it. Utilize it. Like that, it, You're not right now. Man, I wonder about that, too, because it's just like you look at their power play. How is Matt Ellis still employed? I mean, I, I, this is, but this is my thing, man. They seem too soft yeah. across the board. They want to be in, uh, in a quote-unquote family-friendly in the sense that Granado should have been fired. He should have been. It was a year with huge playoff expectations, and from the word go, you were dead in the water. And it never improved. You have yet to win three games in a row. Bad teams routinely win five, and you can't even win three. Every one of your players has aggressively regressed outside of two, maybe three. And your power play... I think, and this is a stand now from a few weeks ago, but it's just always stuck in my mind. Thompson had 20 power play goals, 20 power play goals by himself last year. The team now, I think, I think has like 21, 22. But at the time, had 20 themselves as a team. They have regressed everywhere, and yet it's just, you brought it up. It's like the lights are on, but no one's home. And so this is my thing now of like just even going into next year, how am I supposed to even slightly be interested, excited, the whole thing? And we mentioned it too, like at like the start of this year of like how excited we were at the prospects of this team, especially when the Bills were bad. The Bills were bad when the Sabre season started. 
And it was like, hey, the Sabres should be fun. And in a moment where they could have grabbed the attention of Buffalo and yanked them back into KeyBank Center, they pushed them out the door. It's going to take years for fans to ever trust you. Even if they make the playoffs, let's say next year they go on a run, they make the playoffs. You're still going to have fans going, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Because they have just hurt you every single time. They look like they're an organization that is just happy to be in the NHL. That's what they look like day in and day out. Not, we're here to win Stanley Cups like Terry Pagula said when he bought the team. They look like a team that is just thrilled to be here. Let's go to the phones. We've got Andrew in Buffalo on the line. Andrew, good morning, my friend. How are we doing today? Good, good guys. Thanks. I've uh, been listening to you all morning. I was just curious what your thoughts are about trying to maybe change our culture and get a different style coach. Maybe yes. like Craig Berube, somebody who grew up in the old school style try to switch us back to what we looked like in the 90s and early 2000s. I think too many of these young guys don't have the discipline and maybe even the respect for our organization like some of the old school guys do. And I totally agree with you about Ellis. I think he should probably be let go, and Granado is definitely underperformed. We just need a change, and we can't afford to keep waiting around. Yeah, Andrew, thanks for the call. I, I think 90s, 2000s, yes. I think it is a different league, though. Yeah, it's, it's evolved. But dis- discipline, though, is the right word that Andrew used. There. Yes. And yep. that's what I want to see is the team have more discipline. But I think that's the thing is they've been coddled too much by this current coaching staff of, mm-hmm. no, no, it's okay. D- don't worry about making a mistake. No, be better. Get better. Yep. That is where they're not disciplined. They're not getting better because their coaches told them so much. Don't worry about it. It's okay. It's okay. A little pat on the head. Get him a hot cocoa afterwards. See, there's. I, I, I like the way Andrew was going there with the discipline thing. I don't know if Craig Barube is the answer. Yeah, that may not be the answer. But I do like that idea, that mm-hmm. mindset is, is the right one to have. It's not go out and get the flashy coach like Dan Bilesma was or go out and get the funky coach like Ralph Kruger. Or even like Babcock from years ago. Well, Babcock has his Babcock but, had his own thing, but he was the flashy coach at the time too. Of like, <laughs> right. oh, Babcock's going to bring us back to the playoffs. I mean, ultimately, you saw him when he went to Toronto, right? Like that yeah, was a disaster. It was a disaster. He was carried by those Detroit teams and had a few moments yeah. of being able to coach, but it was really just Zetterberg, Lidstrom, and just elite Detroit. talent that had yeah. done it before, right? But a couple of names out there that have, I, I've always circled around are Gerard Gallant and Bruce Bruce. Oh Pedro. yeah, yep, yep, yep. Like those two, I I really wonder. Why they're not coaches anywhere? Well, which Boudreau, that's I where would I imagine is is Vancouver. How that all ended, right? Yeah, maybe. But I I, I wonder why they're not coaches anywhere. That kind of leaves me to pause. Of like, hey, maybe we shouldn't mm-hmm. do that. That might be a bad like that. That'd be the Sabers mindset anyway. But I'm in my you. in my mind, it's it's these are two proven coaches. Mm-hmm. Gerard Gallant took the Kings or took the Knights to the Stanley Cup final in his first well, season, and, and that's my thing too. Is like, yeah, get a coach who is like Biles. My think was the right idea. And they never went back to it when it didn't work. That's the right idea. Yeah. Has taken a team to the playoffs. Now with Bilesma, it was kind of like, okay, but he was being carried by like well, one think, of the best teams of a generation. I think it might have been a mix there. It was a healthier mix mm-hmm. than what you know um, Babcock was. Yep. But with, with Bilesma, it was just there was too much going on all at once. You yeah. had Jack Eichel coming in. You had Ryan O'Reilly coming in. You had, oh, Eichel's captain. Oh, but you know Ryan it, O'Reilly yeah, wants it, to be it was captain. Bad and moves. It was bad moves. Yeah. There was a lot going on there, 
in a different scenario, I think that might have worked out. I think so too. It's just, but like, but then after that happened, they went, okay, let's go the fun young guy that like no one knows about. Let's do Phil Housley. Oh, he, he remember he he played for the Sabers, and his defense is going to be so bad, it's going to stun you into a stupor. That'll be fun. <laughs> Ralph Krueger, he was in Southampton. He did soccer stuff. Like we're going to be so he, he radical on and a, different he was on from a everybody championship else. Championship level English team. We're going to be so different from everybody else. It's going to be crazy. You're going to love it. And then Granado, you're like, he's so different from Kruger, you're going to wonder how he was hired by Kruger. None of them had any NHL head coaching experience. Not one of them. And with Granado especially, I think that's been, well, it was fun to talk about now that like it's becoming kind of obvious it's not working. You, you put a ton of 20-year-olds and a first-time head coach together and went, work. And it hasn't. It hasn't at all because I think Granado has one speed which is I'm here to build you up. He's the perfect assistant coach. The perfect He's assistant coach. He's also the coach. perfect junior or AHL coach. Yeah, I'm here to build up your confidence. I'm here to get you to where you can go. I can't take you any further. Where I think you're right. We're bringing in a guy like a Gallant or a Brudeau could be, I've done this before. I've seen players like you. I also know how to get a player like you going. I know how to piss that kind of player off so that he plays better. may hate me, but I'll get you going. And it may not be perfect for 10, 15 years. We may not have the next Lindy Ruff. But if it's good for five, six, and then maybe you got to make a transition, move to another coach, whatever, that's fine. It's hockey. Buffalo seems to be the only team that's unwilling to do what hockey does, which is, yeah, there are certain coaches that are here to get us into the playoffs, get that team to the next step, and then leave. Buffalo seemingly is hoping that that guy is just the same guy. Let's go back to the phones. you got Rich in Lakeview. Rich, good morning. How are we doing? Hey, well, you know, as a um... – fan who watched the first game on TV in 1970. Um, not so good. It's been tough. Um, it's, it's been it's been a long ride. It, you know, it has been. And listen, do I, I hold these guys for the whole, what's going to be 13 years? No. But um, Paul Hamilton talked earlier about the toxicity between the team and its fans. And um, I know on social media, they were joking it about a little, the Sabre PR team. Um, which are, you know, lowly paid, just out of college people anyway. But when Zach Benson didn't know on Kids Day not only how to pronounce Chictawaga, I get it, he's not from the area, but you've been here 44 games, all right? These guys don't, besides the toxicity with the fans, they don't even know who they play for. They're in such a bubble in a world that people can't even fathom. I, I know he's young. He's a 2005. But the place where you take off and land for 22 of your road games, you have no idea where you live. You have no idea. I remember because they put it out when Reinhardt signed here. They used to do for the Bills and Sabres a primer on the area. Hey, this is where you go. This is the things to do. This is where you bring your families. And when – I'm going to say Benson's not the only one on there, and, and I didn't laugh it off. It just shows the disconnect of these guys in the, in the fan place that they uh, play for. And if it's that, oh, give him a, uh, give him a mulligan because he's 18, well, get your damn nose out of your phone and look outside the window and see the community that you play for. Know those windmills there? Well, that's where my dad and 25,000 other steel workers who bust their butts to spend three or four hundred dollars a night to see bad hockey? Maybe you should know who you play for. And I feel bad picking on a kid, but I think if there's one, it's indicative of the whole culture of the team that they've checked out, and 
maybe I'm making too much of it, but it just got in my craw. No, absolutely, Rich. Thanks for the call. I, and I, I think Rich is onto something there, though. It's just when Granado and Adams were brought in, that was one of the big positives they did, which was just like fix the really dumb bad stuff, spelling alumni's names wrong on their jersey, poorly received banner raising nights. I mean, they fixed that stuff. But then I think it's indicative of a problem of just the Sabres are a toxic team to be around. They are. Fans aren't showing up. They're constantly booing the team. I mean, it, it took a little while to get there with Anaheim, but it was kids' day, so you know that's a little bit of an asterisk there. But it does seem like the Sabres and the city of Buffalo are in a war with each other. Buffalo wants to embrace the Sabres. You saw how quickly they did last year. You also have an organization that is just giving them absolutely no reason to want to go to those games. And in this year... In the I, I, and I bring this up a lot just because I, I think it, it, it's such a problem. Is in the first year we had real expectations in quite a while. Fell on your face from the word go. Because you decided to take the really fun style that Buffalo so aggressively embraced because the NHL embraced it. I mean, Thompson's getting ESPN pieces done on him. And, and you having, you know, NHL Network glowingly talking about the Sabres of like, they're a team that can run anyone out of, out of out of their barn. They they can score on anyone. They can go with anyone. They're just young. They're stubborn coming. And decided as a collective to stop that. To stop all of it. To focus on a single thing in which you still don't do very well. It is just I I get Rich's point. I th- and, and I I'm glad he brought it up because he's like, I'm I'm being a little aggressive on Benson, but I do think it's indicative of a point of just like it is such a toxic group. I wouldn't be surprised if Benson really doesn't want to go out on Chippewa. He doesn't really want to go into the suburbs of Buffalo. I'm from Chittawaga. I can call it Vegas. I was born and raised there, okay? I've seen it. I can understand if he doesn't want to go to Chittawaga or you know, Amherst or Lancaster, and he just kind of wants to stay in his apartment, go to the arena, and leave, and that's it. They're a very toxic fan. or It's, it's a toxic relationship right now between the fan base and the team. And it's a very, very uncomfortable spot to be in. It's why when I talk about the Sabres, Josh, I've, I've said this to you dozens of times now on, on off air, that I get uncomfortable speaking about them because I get mad every time. Because I do sit here and I go, why? What is happening? Got to take a quick time out. Still looking for your calls, 803-0550. If you also want to talk about the Sabres, if you're frustrated, where do they go next? Are you kind of into the idea of maybe going a Gallant or a Brudeau, a head coach, if the team does move off from Granado? Again, love to hear your thoughts. 803-0550 is the number. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt hanging out with you for about another hour and 10 minutes here until we get you ready for Sabres Live for more Sabres talk. You're listening to The Extra Point Show here on WGR. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt, hanging out with you here. The Extra Point Show. Got another hour ahead of us, but before we take our next time out, let's take another call here. Let's go to Eric in Lockport. Eric, how are we doing today? I'm doing great. How about you guys? Doing very well. Doing good. Uh, So I'll just try and make two quick points here. Uh, The first is, you know, really, it's pro sports. And the head coach, I believe, should have been... you know, he should have been fired right after the 9-4 to loss at home to Columbus. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, 
to show your fans that you're running a pro hockey team and non-efforts are not acceptable, but to show your young team that. And the second thing I wanted to say is that, you know, the team looks like they know everybody is safe no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kevin Adams could see the same team that we all saw from the start of the season, that something was really wrong, they were dead in the water, and then they just let it happen. Um, so I think until they actually, you know, make some moves and show their team that they're actually, you know, running a real team, I think you're just going to keep seeing the same effort forever. Uh, I'll hang up and let you guys and listen. Thanks, Eric. And, yeah, I agree with all that. See, I agree yeah. I agree 100% with all of it. I, I like what you said about, you know, the beginning of the season didn't get off to the right start. Yeah, and, like, you can ex- expect that to an extent. Once it got to November, mm-hmm. then it was, all right, well, this isn't fixing itself. Let's fix it for Let's it. go get Eric Robinson. You said that with too much enthusiasm. Because that's what they did. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, you can you can sit there and say, all right, because every team, every once in a while, will go through, hey, we started off the season slow, but we picked it up. We figured it out. This team didn't do that. And when teams don't do that, they either refuse to do anything and just stay bad and, you know, hey, it's another year or whatever. And you know the only teams that do that? Arizona, Buffalo, <laughs> Columbus. Oh, you mean the perennially bad teams? Yes. It's the stunning. teams that are always at the bottom of the league do the same thing every year. Can't believe they've done this. It's, I'm stunned by it. I'm it's every once in a while. Hey, guys, we got off to a great start. Oh, well, we fell apart in January. <laughs> and it's gone. And Or, hey, we got off to a bad start. We should probably do something to fix it. But, nah, we're just whatever. Yeah, who we're cares? Just gonna, we're just going to sit it out. And, Again, we're just we're happy to be in the NHL, guys. Remember when our owner bought us and, and kept the team in Buffalo? We're just thrilled to still be here. This is where relegation would be incredible. Why? I, We'd be in the third tier of, of professional hockey. Would you? Probably. Had it, been, had, it, had it been instituted from the beginning. Oh, well, then maybe not. It would have been a completely different mindset. So, I don't know. I always, I just, I always, I always love having that conversation with, uh, with Sneaky Joe, the, the, the relegation, the relegation idea for hockey, for any sport in America. Like, just do it. It's fun. Like, could you imagine two NFLs? It's fun and also terrifying. Like, that is so cool. Anyway, all right. But anyway, we're getting, just, we're losing the point there. But the, oh, man. my, my point is, is, is you're right. The caller was right there. Where it's you started off bad and you didn't do anything about it. Yeah, like you, again, I, I there's said a, it jokingly, there's a, but you added Eric Robinson. That a, was your big addition. Yeah, there's a grace period, and then it's okay. Well, this isn't working. Let's figure it out. Let's go in there. Let's get our hands dirty. Let's tinker a little bit. They're not a serious professional organization. They're just not. Got to take another quick time out here. Still taking calls. Eight hundred three oh five fifty. If you want to jump in on this Sabres conversation, we'd love to hear from you. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt, hanging out with you for another hour here on the Extra Point Show. You're listening to WGR. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.